Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lord, we thank you for allowing us to come into your presence again this evening. Father, tonight I would like to begin a series where I'd like to do one a night, explain the um, seven churches of the book of Revelations in chapters 2 and 3. I'd like to first say that the word church is really the wrong word, as we've discussed this many times, and I've written it in the writings many times. The word church comes from the word kirch. That means building. It does not mean karakis or belong. You know, people say it comes from the Greek word karakis, which belonging to the Lord, kurios. It's not. It's uh, the word comes from kirch, which is a building. And that was the way that the Church of Rome wanted it to be. That the, the only place that you could hear this is in the in the buildings. But that's what Jesus paid the price of his blood, that we didn't have to go to the priest, that we could, all of us could come to him and receive the knowledge of the words of God directly from him. In other words, he would pour out his spirit upon us and allow us to know the words of God. The Father gave that ownership to him to do that when he paid the price of his blood that unlocked the temple veil. So now the blood releases to us the keys to the kingdom of heaven, which is the words of God. It's the words of God that all things are made. It's the words of God that are spirit and life. It's in John six sixty three. All things are made by truth, which is all his works are done in truth, which is Psalms thirty three four. Thirty three four, Psalms thirty three four is representing all the creation, because all his works is the whole creation. At the same time he tells us that his words are truth in John seventeen seventeen and we are required to be made holy by those set apart from the world as being holy because we receive the words in us that have the full measure of the Spirit of God in them. The Spirit of God, if you think about the Spirit of God, you're saying that you're getting the words that are higher than the words of the world. In other words, we can speak these words in the world but when we speak them in the way that God has them, because his ways are higher than ours, his thoughts are higher than ours, his spirit is greater than ours. But see, you become like a little God, John ten thirty four to 37, when you receive the words. And Jesus told us that after the cross, after he paid the price of the blood, he could then give the knowledge of the words to all those who would receive the spirit. But we have to ask him to receive the spirit. Proverbs one twenty three. If we knock, it will be given. The Lord is telling us that. And why is this important to us? This is really important when we begin to look at this first church in Revelation 2, verses 1 to 7. We'll see that. This first, and the, and the word uh, that's there is Ecclesiastes. Ecclesia, it's called. That word means the called out from. In other words, he's calling out the assembly. And how are they called out? John seventeen seventeen. They're called out to be set apart as holy from the world by the knowledge of truth, by the knowledge of the words of God. He says that they are to be sanctified, made holy by truth, which he says is your words, God's words. He was praying to the Father. And he said, require that of us. 
So we're required to do that. And you'll see that this is really important in this first church. The next thing that's really important is Jesus said, if you will not hear my words, which the words of the Messiah was given in Deuteronomy six. Deuteronomy 18, 18 and 19. It's the words of God that he was sent into the world to bear witness to, to speak the way of and show the way of, that we might ask, what are these words that you're speaking and doing that's causing all these works to be done? We must first ask him to receive the spirit of truth in us because the spirit of truth, John 14, 15 to 17, cannot receive the spirit of truth, cannot enter those of the world. And we are of the world until we're set apart as holy. And the church of today is in that trouble. And we will see that in this message. We refer to church today as the people that gather together. And that's what it's saying. Ecclesiast means that they gather together to be set apart. Well, that means they gather together to be hear the words of God and increase in the knowledge of truth. But that's not what happens in our churches they're just buildings that speak doctrines, and it's wonderful. Some of the people in those churches are marvelous, and you see that told by the Lord in this test uh, of this text of Revelation two one to seven. Now let me go ahead and read it so that you begin to understand what I'm talking about. And then we're going to go back and just touch on a few highlights of it. I don't want to make this a long message. I want you to be able to get the meat of it and understand why this church is extremely representative of us today. But we are required, as we'll see to receive in us the knowledge of all seven churches. Because every one of these has given us a promise to the churches, not that church, all the churches. What he's saying is the called out assembly must be receiving all the ways of all the message that the Lord has given in each one of these seven churches. If we don't do that, we will not be set apart in the kingdom of God because we will not be paying attention to his words. Now, let me read this to you, and you begin to understand this, I believe. It says, To the angel of the church of Ephesus, and Ephesus means to be the desirable of God, because the name is always the work of the kingdom that we're given to do. To the angel of the church of Ephesus, write, These things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your labor, your patience, that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them to be liars. And you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember that. What he has against us is that we've left our first love. What is he saying when he says that? Verse 5 goes on and says, Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works. Repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. But this you have, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Now I'm going to explain this by beginning with the last sentence. It says, To him who overcomes, I will give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. 
Paul tells us in Second Corinthians twelve one to four that he, when he went to paradise, which is the third heaven, he was hearing the words of God. In other words, the words of God are being taught there, and he could discern them there. And that he said that those of the world, it's unlawful for these words to be uttered by them. Satan can't overcome God's words because he's not allowed to speak them. He can't utter them. He cannot speak them in a way that, are, that enables them to be done. He always has to speak in his evil language, the mistreatment of the words. But he cannot speak in the way of God, which is his words are higher than ours. In other words, they have greater meanings and they do greater works because his ways are higher than ours. And his works, of course, are higher than ours. And all the creation was made by his words and is sustained by his words. And therefore, the devil is telling us, I mean, the Lord is telling us, the devil cannot overcome these words. You see this very clearly in John five twenty four. In John five twenty four, it says, If you will hear the words of the voice of the Lord and believe in the Father, you shall have everlasting life and you shall pass through the judgments. In other words, the devil cannot stop you. He cannot harm you. You will get through these judgment times that we're in the war and all these things that God is bringing upon the world to judge those because they're being judged by the Lord is going to show them the results of the evil works. But notice what he said. You can eat of the tree of life. What is the tree of life? The fruit of the kingdom. But what is that tree made by? It's made by the words of God. Even the tree of life is made by the words of God. And he's allowing you to eat of that fruit, which is he's telling you you can have eternal life if you will hear the voice of the Lord, the words of the voice of the Lord, and you believe in the Father. Because the Father does the good works that these, the words enable. When we speak to him in the communication of the pure language of the kingdom of heaven, which is the words that have higher meanings and greater works that are explained throughout the Bible in parables. Openly explained in parables are in the Bible. That's why we all talk about stone. We know the stone means word. Even the Jewish people will roll a stone to take back a word because they're saying it's my fault. See, they use the stone to represent a word. That is a pure language of the kingdom of heaven. That's what that word does. But we do not understand that if we don't turn to God and let the spirit of truth enter us so that we can be caused to know these words, we're going to have a problem. Because he's going to take these words away from us. The right and authority of his words is going to leave us. The entrance of his words gives light. And as he warns in John 9, 4, 5, there's coming at a point in time in the morning of the day of the Lord, that the light is going to be taken out of the people. Many people have had the light removed from them already, but they have still an opportunity to get it back if they move quickly and repent before God. He says he will pour out his spirit upon them and cause them to know his words. The entrance of his words gives light. That means the light will enter back into you if you receive the knowledge of his words that enable the kingdom of God, the works of the kingdom of God to be done. He says in John fifteen seven, if you will follow me and abide in my words, in other words, if you abide in me and abide in my words, what happens? Your desire will be done for you. But we don't have those words. That's why the miracles don't happen for people. God has allowed some people, like he says in Matthew seven twenty one to 23, there's many people getting prophecies. 
in his name. They're healing people in his name. And they're casting out demons in his name, he says, but I'm going to take it away from them. And I'm going to tell them, depart from me. I never knew you, your workers of lawlessness. Here they are walking around telling everybody, oh, they're filled with the Spirit. They got all of this. And God is saying, no, I never knew you. I never knew you, even while you were walking around, calling upon my name, and I was allowing these works to be done for my glory, not yours. You never knew me. You just thought you were filled with the Spirit because you were enabling these things, but you didn't realize that you don't have the words in you that sets you apart and gives you everlasting life. You've rejected the kingdom of heaven. You've rejected the inheritance of the kingdom by doing that. And that's what he's saying here. Remember what he said? Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent. Now, what did you fall from? He says, nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Tells us in John fourteen twenty three to 24, you do not love me if you do not receive my words. If you will not hear my words, you do not love me and the Father and I will not love you. He's saying that you've lost your first love, which is him. You think you know him. You think he's loving you and so on. Yes, he loves you, but he's pleading with you to wake up. He's pleading with you to come out of the world by receiving the words that set you apart from the world, that enables you to pass through this tribulation and the great war that's coming, that the devil has no power or authority over you. He tells you in John, uh, excuse me, Revelation twelve sixteen, that if you go out to the wilderness, in other words, out of the city of Babylon, into the Lord's kingdom, trusting in him, the wilderness is where the Lord is at this time. And he's going to reverse that, by the way. He's going to give dominion to the people, the upright, Psalms forty nine fourteen, And the people who have the world now are going to be cast out. Because their right of dominion's already been taken away from them. Now, he says, repent and do the first works. The first works is the beginning of set yourself apart from the world. When you go to Joel 2, 12 to 20, there's something very interesting stated there. The Lord is saying, let the bridegroom come. See, he cannot come because people are sitting here waiting for the rapture to come. He can come at any moment and all these kind of things. But they do not realize they're not ready for him. They're not even doing the good works that's needed. Do the first works. He says, return and do the first works. The first works is to separate yourself from the world by receiving the knowledge of the light. The entrance of his words gives light and gives understanding to the simple. That's the work of the first day of creation. He said, let there be light. He means, let me be received. I'm begging you, please let me be received so you can increase in knowledge. Do not be just milk knowledge. He loves these people, as you can see in Revelation 2, 1, 1 to uh, up to 1 to 3, verses 1 to 3. It's wonderful. He loves them. You know, they're, they're not the people that are disobeying God. They're not the ones that are going to Washington negotiating with the leaders when he told you in Revelation 18, 1 to 4, don't do that or you will share in the sins of them and you will receive of their sins. In other words, you're going to be punished by the things that you've allowed them to accomplish. You're going to be made bankrupt. You're going to have all your freedoms taken away from you. And most of you are going to be killed because you've allowed those sins to take place because you would not set yourself apart from the world by receiving the knowledge of truth. His words, John seventeen seventeen, which is required of us to do that at this time. And as he says in Joel two twelve to 20, you didn't obey him at all. You didn't consecrate a fast. We means, that means consecrate means turn yourself over to the Lord. Do, that, do what it says in Daniel nine twenty four. 
We're required in this time to make reconciliation for our sins, and we have many. I have many. And the Lord is asking us to make reconciliation by turning many to the knowledge of truth because the currencies and all those things of the world, the prison system, the law system, and all that is going to be taken away this year. God is going to destroy that in this year. From spring now until spring next year, that's the one year that the Lord is doing this. And that's the morning of the day of the Lord, the first year. And in the way of the Spirit of God, which his appointed time, see, a time is seven years in the book of Revelation. A time of times and a half time means that the whole book of a uh, whole day of the Lord is 24 and a half years. We are in the beginning of the morning, which is seven years in the morning. There were seven years of the evening, seven years of the night. Now we're seven years in the morning. But the night continues for those of the world who will not set themselves apart by light because they're still of the darkness. And many glorious ones are going to have their light taken away from them. I know of prophecies and visions God has given of major TV evangelists being struck down. They just go sit down and their tongue is silenced. God is going to cause them not to be able to speak. Some he's going to die. Because they have become, like he says in Zechariah 10.3, he's angry with them and they will not hear. They think they're so filled with the Spirit, just like these people here. See, these people here, they know the ones that are apostles and are not. You know, if you go to um, John eight thirty one and 32, it says, Then Jesus said to those who believed him, in other words, they heard the words, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The difference with the apostles are, the Lord poured out his authority on them at, um, on Acts 2 at Pentecost fully come. And Pentecost fully come should be this week, this coming week. That that's that's what I understand. I mean, it should be the the seven weeks, and then the fifty days, and we should be at that right now, coming up to around the twenty third or twenty fourth of July, the best I can understand. That what I believe would be Pentecost fully come, and the, the power was poured out on them in uh, flames that looked like tongues. What was that saying? That's the languages. In other words, God was giving them the fire, which means the immediate authority to speak in the way of the words of God with power. And they went out and they did that. And beginning that day, thousands turned to the Lord every day. See, that's the Spirit working and going from one person to another person to another person, which we don't see today. And it's going to be the same. God doesn't change His ways. He's going to pour out His Spirit upon us. I don't think it's going to come like the tongues of fire on the people. Because the Lord at this time said He's going to give the sword. And I don't know if they're going to get the sword now. Or they're going to get it on the eighth day of the Feast of Tabernacles. I'm not sure. But we know that God is coming to do this at this time. But it should be that the powers fell from heaven quickly so that the revival can take place and the people can be ready to do a, the Feast of Tabernacles because this is the first year of the day, Lord, and the first year is always when he separates light and darkness. But the, the particles have to cho- choose their choice. We have to make a choice to come out of the world. We've allowed the beast kingdom to exist. Okay, the next point I'd like to make, and it's really the final one in here, is that he says he, that they hate the Nicolaitans. You know, you can you can know the pastors and the rest of it he's talked about in verses 1 to 3 because the prosperity message is wrong. The people preaching the end times, the, the, you know, the end time preachers are wrong. They can't understand the end times, and that's why they've got it all wrong. They think it's seven years. They, they're totally messed up. 
I'm not criticizing. Just how can you understand the scriptures if you don't get the words of God, which is what Luke 24, 44 to 45 points out. I remember when I told the people that the rider of the white horse was not the Antichrist and the, the, the 250 biggest preachers in America were angry. They said that this one person saying this and it's an abomination straight from the pits of hell because they didn't like the message and they didn't like the person. It doesn't matter what you think about me. Look at the amount of people being destroyed and being led to the slaughter because they're disobeying the word of God and a judgment is coming and they've not prepared the people. And they're going to go bankrupt. All these people are going to go bankrupt. They're going to lose everything. And then what are they going to say to these people? That's far worse than anything else up to this point. And the killing that's going on and loading up weapon systems over there in Israel. I've explained that the Prime Minister of Israel is had charged in Mossad, and I had meetings with the heads of the Knights of Templar people. They told me very clearly, and the Crown Trust people, that they used Mossad to do all the dirty work, the most dirty works they do, the evil works. And all you have to do is go look at the Supreme Court building in Israel, in Jerusalem, and it's a pagan occult building. And it's representing the law of the land. And this is how the people of Israel run? This is how they walk before God? A shame. It's like America. You look at our Capitol building and we got Jupiter at the door. And we got a, a pagan idol on top of the, the dome of the Capitol building. And then you got the obelisk in the middle of it, the Vatican with its obelisk and the Phoenix and the rest of it. It's abominations before God. The Statue of Liberty is our gateway into the city. It's a terrible thing. We shouldn't enter the nation. It's a terrible thing. All this is going in. Every nation you can go and see this. In London, look at a city. It's the capital building. I mean, the capital of London, they consider their capital, which actually is a sovereign nation. But what is it? It's guarded by every gate, every entranceway in the city. It's guarded by dragons, statues of dragons. The flood comes from the dragon's mouth. And the Crown Trust is running the world right now. And the queen owns all the all the seas, and she's also in charge of all the militaries of the world. All those things serve her. She's the Holy Roman Empress of this day. And she's even over top the Pope and the rest of them. He's a servant to them. They appoint the popes at this time. They're in charge of the gold. Even the Vatican treasury is controlled by who? The Rothschild family. So anyway, the Nicolaitans, what does that mean? He said, but this you have, you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, in other words, the world system. Because the world system, what it is, it's victor over the people. Those belonging to the victory over the people. All these merchants that are going along. The people that are working for FDA, which since 1948, its main purpose has been to destroy the nutritional value of the people. And the people yelling for climate change, knowing that the chemtrails are pouring out. You can see it with your own eyes everywhere in the world. They're pouring out the chemtrails, which is loading the earth with toxic chemicals that are hard to breathe and destroying the climate everywhere destroying the health of the people everywhere. The FDA has destroyed the food, the glyphosate that they put in through Monsanto. And the, and the presidents of the uh, heads of the country from Washington, D.C. has been in charge of the distribution, production and distribution of drugs all over the world. But then they arrest the drug dealers, whom they are the supplier to. And then they, they, the people that do that, they put them in jail. And they, if they, you know, they, they sacrifice a few drug dealers here and there. So it looks like you know, they've gotten to the source of it. When they, the government, the Bush family and them, even Clinton is on its record. It's recorded right on the internet. You go look at it. To like, for example, get the testimony of Kathy O'Brien or Chip Tatum. Many people have made this testimony that I, I have said because I had firsthand notice of this as well. What it is. 
they are running the drugs, the drug producers, the distribution, the currency. You can't even move that kind of money like ISIS. You can't move a million dollars without the Bank of International Settlements okaying it. It can't happen. So this world government and our leaders of our nation are all involved with bringing this whole thing together. And the Lord tells you that in Zechariah 14, 1 and 2. He says that they are bringing, they're united. All the leaders of the nations are united together to bring forth this global war. And then you got these shepherds going and negotiating like they're accomplishing something. Just read the Bible and you'll see that you shouldn't even be going there. You're not allowed to by God in Revelation 18, 1 and 4. And at the morning of the day of the Lord, the Lord tells you in Psalms 49, 14, he's going to take dominion away from them and give it to the upright. And you're not upright if you're working and negotiating with the world. Because you're walking in disobedience to God, just like the hard-headed people of Israel were walking with Rome. And what did it do for them? It backfired. Same thing it's going to do to the shepherds and all these during the emergency management or clergy management teams. They're working for the the DHS, which I told people when it formed, it was already running and organized under Tom Ridge and and under the Crown Trust long before they even brought it to the the Congress and Senate to vote on it and these false TV debates that they had. It's it's all false and all fraud, and that's the Nicolaitans. Victor over the people. What they're doing is they think they're the elite, and they know the plan is only going to allow so many to live, and they think they're going to be part of that. Or other ones are foolish enough to think that, you know, they're getting all these grants and they're getting all this notoriety of running with these big leaders. You're running with the devil's servants. And you want to say that you're accomplishing something for God when God tells you that the only way to overcome this is by turning to him and walking in the ways of righteousness, receiving the light, which is the words of God and the knowledge of truth. That is what he's telling us here. John 8, 43, John 8, 43 to 47 tells us that the people don't understand the speech of the Lord because they cannot discern his words. That ought to tell us something. And then he tells us in John eight forty seven that if you don't have the words of God, you're not of God. How are you going to be of God at the judgment? How are you going to be set apart by God if you're not of him? Jesus says, I don't know you. Even though you've done all these works and called his name, read Matthew seven twenty one to 23. He says those prophets, those healers, and those people that cast out demons in his name are going to be cast out because they didn't know him. Because if you go to Revelation nineteen thirteen, he tells you what is his name. The name is the word of God. Read John 1, 1 to 5. He's the word. What is the word? What is the word? That's the work of the kingdom that he was given to do, and he testified in John eighteen thirty seven. He accomplished it. He was given it back in Deuteronomy eighteen eighteen nineteen. This is the marvelous thing that we have. This is what this church is talking about. And he says that if you will hear, if you will believe, if you have an ear to hear, what is faith? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You cannot hear unless you have discerned the words of God. In other words, you're not hearing from the kingdom of heaven rightly dividing the word of truth unless you can understand there are words of God that have greater meanings and when you use them and speak them, it enables the good works to be done. That's what Jesus did and he shows that all through the disciples and the prophets and and the ancient ones. All the way back, the Bible speaks of it in parables and even in the ways, constantly, all the works that he did throughout the Bible are testifying to the knowledge of his truth tells us in Zephaniah 3 8 9 he's going to come and divide the people into his kingdom which are either light or darkness which is what he's telling you in Isaiah 21 10 to 12 and he says that at that time what he says he's going to cause the people to walk in a pure language shoulder one shoulder you're either going to be walking in darkness in the punishment of the words or you're going to walk in the reward of the words 
receive the kingdom of heaven, have everlasting life, and be greatly, uh, God's going to treat them like flowers. They're going to have blessings poured out upon them that they can't even contain because it's for the glory of the Lord. Not if they're trying to do it for themselves, but if they're doing it for God, they will be rewarded. If they're doing it for the greater good of the kingdom, it'll be rewarded. But if they think, oh, I need this so I can go forward to do that. No, you do the way of the words, then God will bring all those things you need to take care of and restore you and, and restore your name and everything else. He'll bring it because you have to have first a heart for the kingdom like he tells you in Joel two twelve to 20. Gather those shepherds and have them plead for their people, not for themselves, but for the people. Because if they don't do that, they're cast out. That's the truth of Joel, Joel 2, 12 to 20. He says, sanctify them. How do you sanctify them? Go to John seventeen seventeen. Sanctify by the words. That's what this first church is all about. They have to decide to let the bridegroom come, just like it says in uh, Joel 2. I think it's verse 16. You have to let the bridegroom come. He's not going to come unless you turn. Otherwise, he's not coming to you. You're going to be cast out from him. Because the Father's going to say, okay, this is enough. There's a set time that he knows, and he's going to cause that to happen. But it's going to be in this year because he says in the morning of the day of the Lord, he's going to cause dominion to be given to the upright. And the upright are those who set themselves apart and ask for the light. And because the Lord said, if they will just begin by receiving the words, I will guide them how to do them. They have to start. And that's what we're talking about this time. I pray this is helpful. We thank you, Lord, for your greatness and your mercy upon us. And, Lord, we pray that this, as we go through these churches, they begin to understand what the importance of each one of these is and that each one of them is a work that we must accomplish. And the first one is that we have to overcome by eat from the tree of life. We have to get the words. He says if we will turn and receive the words, other, other words, understand there are words, understand it separates us from the world, then what will happen? We have everlasting life, and you will guide us into knowledge of how to become a doer of the word to overcome the world, which is exactly what he's saying here. Overcome our own ways and trust in God at this time. It's very important. Thank you. Lord, we praise your name. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.